0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Amplify Your Confident podcast. My name is Me, written as M Y, at www.dancewithme.com. This is a weekly podcast where I create fun, energetic, and informative conversation that helps you to amplify your confidence and lift your mind to the fullest. Are you ready for it? Let's go. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Amplify Your Confidence podcast, episode 9, Finding Your True Happiness in Life with our amazing guest speaker today, Alina Salmon. Before that, we starting to talk about this topic. Please let me introduce about our guest speaker today. So Alina Salmon is a French-British author, tech speaker, happiness expert, and a dance lover. Her book, Fighting Rhythm, was published on 16 March, 2021 has became the best-selling for dance-inspired story on Amazon. And we met each other more than a year ago, obviously because we both love dancing here in London and knowing more about her in person as well as following her path to empower people to live a fulfilling life and make the world a better place. I cannot think of any better person to discuss happiness than her so here we go please i'll welcome our guest speaker again Eleanor, salmon to the Amplified confident podcast <laughs> thank you so much for having me thank you so much for joining me today so before we step into the topic happiness mm-hmm. your professional <laughs> topic uh let's bring you on a game I call it hot okay. seat and in this game the audience gonna know you a little bit more okay. on the five questions and then you 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 cannot think huh? just okay. tell me whatever come into your mind okay, okay. yeah let's see. so let's do it I have some questions for you so the first questions I always ask every single uh, guest speaker because it's the Amplified Your Confident podcast mm. I ask them What confidence means to you?
1: Confidence to me means feeling good in your own skin and being able to show the best
0: of yourself to others without fear. Wow, oh, I love it. The next question is, if you have 24 hours left in your life, what are you going to do? Dance. (laughs) <laughs> Yesterday when I was thinking of all the questions, I'm like, I maybe know this <laughs> these questions,
1: yeah. I would probably spend a whole night dancing on a rooftop in Havana or
0: something like this. Mm. I would dance for the, the whole yes. night. Guys, we're gonna share a little bit more about her, uh, her dancing journey later. But uh, it's gonna be super amazing for you guys to hear her story about dancing. The next question is not going to be difficult. What is your favorite food?
1: I like so much food. I, I mean, <laughs> if I had to pick one thing to eat, it would probably be dark chocolate.
0: Oh, <laughs> no, like,
1: Really? Um, especially if I'm traveling or when I'm dancing a lot and I don't have access to food. If I have dark chocolate with me, it always gives me energy and I don't know. Yeah, awesome. But it has to be dark chocolate.
0: Okay. Do you think money can buy happiness? No. Okay, can you elaborate more?
1: Sure, I think that um, a lot of us are chasing money because we think the, the ultimate goal that we want when we want to make more money is because we want to be happy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time you hear people say, I will be happy when,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: fill fit in the rest of the sentence. One of the answers is often when I make this much money. I do think we need a minimum to survive and then a minimum to thrive, but by by thrive, it doesn't mean, you know, I, I think material possessions um, can only bring so much. Uh, if money is used in experiences, in that sense, yes, it could bring happiness.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Of course, there are no right and wrong answer. It's just different. No, basis. but to, to add the,
1: to this, mm-hmm. I've, I've had the the opportunity and the privilege to work in countries where people really have nothing. Mm. Um, And what has always shocked me is how much happier people seem Mm. than in countries where governments give everything, free education, free healthcare, water, electricity. Um, For example, in Cuba I have friends who spend a week looking for eggs and yet they're always laughing. And then in the West people are always miserable. So I think there's something interesting there to explore because people facing a lot of hardships, a lot of difficulties in their life, even for the most basic things, often
0: smile much more. Yeah, yeah. maybe when we have less, actually, we be happier. We're gonna talk more about happiness <laughs> later. Though, uh, what made you feel the most alive? Dancing. <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> you have to expect <laughs> the dancing. <laughs> true maybe next time I'm gonna think of more difficult questions. So no, maybe... then I can give you a second option yeah. so
1: other than dancing the reason why when I imagine myself dancing it's usually with locals in a different culture where mm-hmm. I'm completely immersed in a different way of seeing life mm-hmm. and generally when I'm traveling alone and I throw myself into the local culture when i'm walking around the streets and eating local food and talking with locals connecting with them it makes the world feel so much smaller Mm -hmm. um dancing with them is a form of communication of course but um Mm.
0: that makes me feel really alive Oh, that's so beautiful. That's it, the game is over. Okay, thank (laughs) you, you. that was fun. (laughs) You did very well, you did very well. So now let's move to the next part. Today we talk about finding true happiness in life with the happiness expert. So uh, I would love you to share a little bit about you and your work Mm -hmm. uh, as a happiness expert. Mm -hmm. The first time when I saw that, like happiness researcher on your website, I'm like, what actually is <laughs> she, she doing? What is your role mm-hmm. in, um... yeah, in the role of happiness research? Yeah. I think not that's not a common term or common job mm-hmm. to a lot of people. So uh, we would love to know more about that.
1: Sure, yeah. absolutely. Um, I like to say happiness researcher because everyone understands happiness mm-hmm. and it's something that we can all relate to. My background is actually in in politics and international relations, and Mm -hmm. my focus was always on uh, how can we create more peaceful uh, and better societies. And Mm -hmm. a more peaceful and better society is definitely a happier one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started working through the diplomatic route in human rights, and eventually, I got into the field of education reform for a future society. So what kind of education systems do we need to create the society that we want? And I specialized in social and emotional skills. Now if you think about social and emotional skills and then you look at the science of happiness or philosophy, they're basically the same thing. Um, When we learn how to be a more empathetic person, we're increasing happiness for ourselves and others. And so I started to really specialise in social and emotional skills, especially in education for peace. And it kind of branched into well-being because they were ultimately the same skills that we need to be happier. And I started working in NGOs, then I ended up at the UN, at UNESCO, and um, we started a project in 2014 called Happy Schools, uh, which was what makes a school a happy place in terms of its environment how you teach and relationships with people. So we had this people process places and that's when I started really researching happiness I, and and um, the more I researched it for children and for schools, the more I realized we need it as adults. This was not just relevant for the future of society but right now for all of us. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. how it led me to, to keep studying what i find the most fascinating subject because it's what we all want and it's what we all deserve
0: yeah i think a lot of people when they we have that questions like what do you want in life Mm. normally we would end up to say that we want more happiness absolutely yeah uh so just to summarize all of the things that you just mentioned about happiness happiness can you put it maybe in a three pillars, for example, what do you think are the most important factors that we as an adult need to have more in life in order to feel happiness? Absolutely. Um, I mean, there there are different
1: angles to the way that you can define happiness. Um, for me, I tend to go to get a bit into as a happiness geek that I am. Um, we can imagine kind of two approaches, one is hedonic happiness, which is the jump for joy, I am so happy right now, and the absence of pain. So some people define happiness as the experience of pleasure and positive emotion and the absence of pain. I tend to subscribe to the other approach, which is eudaimonic happiness, which is more of a long-term game. For me, I've taken mostly from Aristotle, actually, and positive psychology, and for me happiness is living a meaningful and fulfilling
0: life with a sense of purpose. Wow, powerful. I love this. I'm gonna remember this and put in in the description and uh, on the introduction of this, this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, very powerful. And moving a little bit forward after the UN, mm-hmm. I know that you left the UN and you went travel the world Mm to learn dance Yes, because that's something you always wanted Mm -hmm. to do and that's the reason why after that you wrote your book, Mm -hmm. Finding Rhythm. Um, So what is the connection between you and dancing and why do you think dancing can bring more happiness in life?
1: (laughs) So that's a good question and actually I feel like there are three questions in there. So first of all, I would say I had this deep realization that I was studying a topic for children, but that we as adults needed it, and I needed it. Mm. Um, I could talk about happiness in conferences, I could give speeches, I could write about it, publish research, but if I myself wasn't working on my own happiness, Mm -hmm. I was not walking the talk.
0: So I decided
1: to walk the talk, Ah. and even better, I decided to dance it.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Because you have to do what you preach, right? Exactly. Yes. We have to. I've
1: I've always been a fan believer in leading by example. I think it's the biggest inspiration that you can give to others. So whether you're a manager in a team, you can tell others to do whatever, but you have to try your best, and it isn't always easy. I'm not happy every single day. It's that's not life, you know. Yeah. But but I make an, an effort. I have an intention every day to improve my happiness because I know that it's going to improve the happiness of others around me. Exactly. exactly. And so in my case, I, I lost three people that I loved in just six months. I was uh, experiencing so many different forms of grief. Um, my boss and mentor had disappeared, the love of my life had ghosted me, and my grandfather, who my father figure, had died. So I was feeling a lot of sadness, grief, heartbreak, really difficult emotions. and. And with this sense of loss came this desire to feel completely alive. Mm. And actually this dance journey was not something that I always wanted to do. I had no idea I wanted to do it until I asked my friend a question in this moment where I was like, I need to feel alive again. What, What do I need? And I asked her, what would you do if you could do anything without the limit of time or money? And she said, I would swim with whales in Papua New Guinea. What would you do? And then I, I just didn't have a a response. I, I drew a blank and I thought, how can I be a happiness expert if I don't know what would bring me happiness? And I had to really close my eyes and search inside and think, okay, I need to feel alive because right now I'm numb from sadness. And I'm grateful to this sadness because I needed to go that low in order to realize and discover something that was going to bring me a huge amount of joy and (laughs) completely transform my life and that's where i had this idea of traveling to dance but with local with local people discovering cultures with dance as my window as a form of human connection and it's exactly what it brought me and Mm. i couldn't be more grateful for this experience because dance has For me, it's my tool for happiness. It's not necessarily for everyone, but for me, it's so
0: powerful. Yeah, um, I feel you (laughs) as a dancer myself. um, And so that the whole year you learned how to dance, you emerged yourself, Mm integrated yourself in the cultures, and your journey started from New York, and Mm -hmm. then moved to middle of Central America, and then the whole Central America.
1: Yeah, so there were eight kind of dream dance destinations that I chose based on the dances I wanted to learn. Um, I started in New York. Um, do you want to know the dance styles as well? Yeah, just like each place, okay. each dance style that you learned. Let's see. In New York, I learned cha-cha boogaloo and New York style salsa. In Mexico, I learned different regional dances, including the national dance, the Jarabe Tapatío, which is the... Mexican. I saw the video <laughs> yesterday on YouTube. Amazing, you even wear the costume. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the people are, are the ones who who guided me. They they taught me everything. Mm-hmm. I, I surrendered to them. I In every country that I went to, I was like, here I am, I have this amount of time. How can I honor your culture by mm-hmm. learning? your yeah. dance. It was very much I'm the student, it wasn't mm. me taking their culture, mm. it was teach me, show me how you see life. Mm-hmm. And so the Jarabe Batío is known as the Mexican hat dance and is probably one of the most difficult dances I've ever learned. Um, and my costume was too big so I was tripping over my dress. <laughs> then I went to Cuba and in Cuba I learned uh, Cuban salsa and son which is the predecessor of salsa. In Dominican Republic I learned bachata merengue in Puerto Rico, I danced reggaeton, and also a bit of Puerto Rican salsa. Then I went on to Colombia, where I learned the national dance of cumbia, and salsa caleña, which is, I think, one of the happiest styles ever invented yeah. salsa. Um, I experimented with a couple other dances, uh and champeta, uh, but I didn't go in depth. And then in Brazil, I learned no uh, pié. I danced in the Rio Carnival, with a school called Beja Flor. Um, I danced for Ho and lambada and uh, samba Gia Fiera, which is a samba danced as a couple and then finally in Argentina I learned tango which was the most, uh, probably the most demanding but most rewarding dance and I finished with the national dance of Argentina which is not tango but is oh. la chacarera. Tango is from oh. the Buenos Aires area mm-hmm. but for the whole country they would consider la chacarera a folklore dance to be their national dance.
0: Wow. Amazing, amazing. I feel super alive sitting (laughs) next to you right now and listen to all of this. And I read her book, Finding Rhythm, available on Amazon. Guys, if you want to know more details about her journey, just jump on Amazon and and buy the book. And more than that, uh, I love the idea. And actually, I joined also your workshop about Mm -hmm. Latin mindfulness as well in Mm -hmm. Lisbon. it's also online, so yeah. maybe you can give a little bit of information about this while we're talking about all of the reasons. Sure. Yeah, so
1: I would say that this, this journey absolutely changed my life and it was really transformative and I realized that you know there are so many styles of dance out there but Latin dance in particular is very emotional and very powerful and it was so healing for me and I thought how could I bring this healing power of Latin dance to other people? And I kind of accidentally invented my own technique and method called Mindful Latin Flow, which I've been teaching in Lisbon since April. I launched it for International Dance Day. And I'm teaching it once a month in person and online. And over the winter, I might be teaching more regularly online as well. And the idea of Mindful Latin Flow is to take Latin dance styles in slow motion, slow everything down, and adapt it to our breath, and and use it as a, tool for an emotional journey within ourselves, so that we can explore our emotions, our feelings and and allow ourselves to express in a way that we haven't in a very safe way, in a way that we do whatever is comfortable for us, we let the music guide us, um, but it's very soft, it's very slow, it's it's very mindful, um, it's very calming and relaxing. Um, And the feedback has been beyond anything I could have expected because you know it's not like me teaching yoga and knowing that I have centuries of evidence backing up my method. I rely on the feedback from my students at the end of each session so, and I was so happy to have you
0: as one of my students. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I also I like the way how you approach it in the sense that not everyone Think of dance like us, you know, people uh-huh. are afraid to dance because yeah. they think that, oh, they need to move, they need to mm-hmm. look good, they need to look elegant, or whatever, they have an idea is how they need to dance. But with the Latin mindful flow, it's just you being used and let the music and uh-huh. of course your guidance as well to tap into your emotions. Maybe you feel the the, high, uh, the low and then tap into the high, and it just a journey for me, at the end, it's a journey of happiness because, like you said, everything happened in life for you. All the the low, in order to bring you to the high. Without all the loss and grief that you had, yeah. you never had a chance actually go on your dancing journey, right? Absolutely, mm.
1: and I'm now grateful that I went through that sadness mm-hmm. and that that yeah. grief because without it, I wouldn't have found my greatest happiness. Mm-hmm. And what I love with mindful and flow is. It is a journey of emotions and it's okay to feel negative emotions. Sadness can be really good for us. Mm-hmm. It can help us explore depths of ourselves because by the idea of mindful letting flow is identify the emotion, process it, and then release it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And often we think that by processing, we need to talk about it. And of course, we do need to talk, but we will always be limited by talk therapy because thing you know, emotions stay in our bodies. So by dan- basically dancing it out, um, we can find answers. What, what's never ceased to surprise me is the, at the end of every mindful Latin flow, someone tells me, I realized I need to do this. I realized this was an issue. They have big realizations on their lives. And I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. This came from, from one song? And they said, well, yeah, because I, it's almost like you're asking your body and its wisdom to give you answers.
0: Yeah, I think deep down we always know mm-hmm. just need to move and we need to listen to different type of music because mm. music and body movement really affect our brain as well. Mm-hmm. And and that's how you find an answer for yourself. Yeah. And uh, in one of the talk I don't remember where I or you wrote it somewhere. The world gonna be a better place if we dance more.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> It's everywhere, it's in my book, it's in my post. Um, I, I really believe that dance, especially partner dancing, should be compulsory <laughs> in schools. The reason I say that is, um, and it's not about men and women, it's about leader and follower. So if a woman wanted to be a leader, that would be fine. If a man wanted to be a follower, that's also fine. I, I think that we can uh, look at these roles as leader and follower and partner dancing um there's so much that you can learn about boundaries about respect about connection um and i think especially for young people i see so much potential of dance to help people relate to each other and and form these connections early on in life because for example when you're dancing a salsa you have to really respect the person you have to take the space Mm -hmm. you have to you're holding their balance and their breath for the time of a song it's very special and you know, If you think of a teenager in, in school where there's a lot of people addicted to their phones and there's a lot of bullying and, and uh, body image is becoming a real issue um, for young women but also for young men and dance helps you feel good in your body, it helps you develop confidence. So if people dance more, they would get validation of their body through their movement rather than from images on, on social media. and. I think it could heal the world. I really think it could.
0: That's a beautiful <laughs> way to, to, to speak it. Dancing helps us to heal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's move to the next question. So we talk a lot about happiness. We talk a lot about even sadness and negative emotions. And then we talk about dancing, how dancing actually can help you, help me, help yeah, have earth uh, to to heal. Um but on a daily basis for example, what are your go-to uh things to spark mm-hmm. more joys and happiness uh in life? So a disclaimer before
1: I get into specific examples. Um mm-hmm. happiness is within our there's a lot of happiness that's within our own control. It's it's really Something that we can practice. It's something that we can build. It's something that we can learn and this is the approach based on positive psychology Which sees happiness is based on 24 character strengths that we all have within us um, These character strengths include things such as hope uh, Gratitude kindness, so the idea is the more that we practice these the happier we will be and the happier we can Make others and the more we can spread happiness around us Based on that idea, let's go with the example of gratitude. I think that gratitude is is the biggest shortcut to happiness Mm -hmm. in the sense that if you just, every single morning, ask yourself or write down three things that you're grateful for um, or even once a week just make a list as long as you can, I can guarantee you that you will feel happier within five minutes, that it's just always guaranteed, because when we appreciate everything we have, when we're in this feeling of, I have everything that I need, we have this feeling of fulfillment, and that's why I define happiness as leading a meaningful and fulfilling life, we feel fulfilled, we're like, I have everything, we're unhappy when we think, I don't have this, I don't have that. Mm -hmm. so making a gratitude list I think is really important and also telling others around you how grateful you are for them or for any situation that's a go-to practice another one is it's related to gratitude but it's a form of appreciation uh, of beauty which is another one of the character strengths actually so um, you could call this going on an awe and wonder walk or you could define them as glimmers as well like um, If you think that a trigger is something that will make negative emotion explode, what could a glimmer be? Something that makes those positive emotions explode. A glimmer might be um, that moment in the morning when the sun shines through your window or it could be um, a certain, uh, I don't know, graffiti or or artwork in the street. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keeping your eyes open in your daily life because it's so easy to just look at the ground or be glued to your phone. but. Looking around you and, and and looking out for beauty and taking a moment to appreciate it, I think that makes a big difference. It could be touching a fabric, it could be
0: smelling. Smelling.
1: Um, I think that leads me on to the point of the third point, which is <laughs> engaging with the senses. The point of happiness is feeling alive. We want to feel alive. Using our senses is a great way to feel alive. So, what could be pleasant to our sight? The reason that I buy flowers like this is because every time I see them. I have a huge smile on my face. It's a great return on investment. If I invest, let's say, ten euros in flowers, how many smiles did I get out of that for the <laughs> week that they last? They're almost paying me back. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have to be flowers. It could be just something of a particular colour that brings a sense of warmth or, or comfort to you. It could be a smell that you really enjoy. It could be, the taste of something absolutely delicious. One of the things that I do when I'm feeling very sad and very stressed is eat something delicious like the dark chocolate the dark chocolate (laughs) yeah and uh i don't know i'm trying to think of some other examples but something with a lot of taste because then you're reminded oh i am i am alive Mm -hmm. um the sense of touch um there are so many ways it could be self-massage or getting a massage it reminds you wait i'm here in this body right now um and there's something really really special there about engaging the senses um and time outside i think applies to so many of these because when you're going outside for a walk you can pay attention to details feeling the breeze on your face is also engaging
0: touch mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah so those are some three, three things yeah i can sum it up <laughs> the first thing a is Practicing gratitude can yeah. be more happiness or like you said it's the shortcut to uh, increase your happiness in mm-hmm. life. The second thing is appreciations. Mm-hmm. Appreciation of what you have around the people you have and around And beauty. And the beauty. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love it when you said about even yeah, look up on the sky. The mm-hmm. other day I was feeling a little bit lonely in Lisbon. Of course it's we expat, we don't have our family here. And then suddenly I just look up on the sky and see it's so blue and I'm like, what, What is this? why I'm feeling Mm -hmm. down, you know? And then it's just me smiling again. And sometimes we forget that that smile that we give our ourselves can change so much what we feel within ourselves, Uh like, um, yeah. And then the third thing is the sense. Engage the senses. Engage your senses. Yeah. To touch, to smell, to see. Taste. And to taste.
1: Yeah. 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 Amazing. And you know how people always talk about the sixth sense, Mm. which is our intuition? Mm. For me, that's the one we use in dance.
0: Yeah. I mean, we use a
1: lot of different senses, but I do feel that our sixth sense, dance is a great way to practice our sixth sense. Mm. It's a tool.
0: Yeah. Because when you're dancing, you're connecting with your intuition, with your inner
1: knowing, um...
0: Yeah, I I really hope like whoever listening uh, to the podcast and if you never try dance because you're afraid, I hope this conversation really encouraged you to just take a dance class because trying something new and the whole learning journey of it, like it's just like the best thing.
1: Yeah, and trying new things. If I can add a fourth thing to that list, try something that you never did before. Mm. And I also want to add that I was a complete beginner in dance when I embarked on my journey.
0: Yeah, that's true. And that's I was thirty
1: true. years old. It's never too late, and you're mm-hmm. never too old.
0: Oh! <laughs> so I have the last questions for you. Oh my God! I feel like if you can already hear in my voice from the beginning until now, my vo- my voice just full of excitement, and of course happiness. Talking happiness yeah. with you just make me feel even happier and. Uh I know that you are having your project of mm-hmm. uh, building your happiness school. Yes, absolutely. So tell us more about this. This is like super creative, super unique what mm-hmm. you are doing, the school of happiness.
1: Thank you so much for bringing up the school of happiness. It is without a doubt one of the most exciting things that I'm working on right now and I am so in awe and amazed of what it's already building in the world, it's it, because it's no longer just about me. You know, I I have a very strong message for happiness. I believe every single one of us deserves to live a meaningful and fulfilling life, and I'm I, my life is about spreading that message. I can go on as many stages or write as many books or post as many things as possible, but my impact will always be be limited.
0: Mm.
1: If I have an army of happiness ambassadors with me, who are each able to spread happiness in their own unique way, I think that we're truly unstoppable. And so I decided to create the School of Happiness because first of all, I'm a happiness researcher, but I don't want to work in academia, and I don't want to work in an institution. And thanks to the way, to all the tools that we have out there, it's totally possible for me to create my own school. And so in my school, each month we study a different character strength from positive psychology. So I gave you the examples earlier. This month our theme is hope. Next month it will be gratitude. Mm -hmm. And the idea is we study the theory, the science, the research, the philosophy, and then here's the catch. How do you apply this in real life? Mm -hmm. And how can you apply this to yourself and to the people around you? So this is what we do in the school because I'm all about embodiment, embodiment in terms of dance, but also walking the talk.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: think this is so important and it's been such a joy because we've already opened and my members have such unique things to bring to the table when it comes to spreading happiness. For example, I have a nurse who is going to apply this to have patients. I have a school teacher who's going to apply this to have three-year-old students. I have a nutritionist who's going to help her her clients uh, apply this in the way they approach food. I have someone working in a big four company who's going to manage their team differently. The idea with the School of Happiness is to, of course, as individuals, allow us to have more meaningful relationships with our families, our partners, and our friends, but also as professionals to create more positive work environments, as educators and coaches to help spread happiness to our students and our clients as health workers to help nurture our patients as creators if you're a a photographer or if you're an artist or if you're a, a content creator how can you infuse this message for happiness in the work that you do so there's really no limit you know every single person is able to implement this in a way that I can't but together we spread happiness everywhere and that fills me with so much hope which is why I wanted to start with hope and it's it's a really simple model. It's a membership of $27 a month. Anyone can join. There's no requirement. Um, there's no minimum time commitment. And it's it's open and everyone is welcome to, to come and join and learn how to apply happiness in life and spread it to others around them. It's so
0: beautiful, powerful, and meaningful, what you have just said. <laughs> um, I think Definitely the whole educational system that we experience when, you are, when we are a kid until mm-hmm. university, we actually never study about happiness, we never study actually about everything that you just mm-hmm. said. We came into life and if anything bad happened to us, mm-hmm. and then we learn about it. Yeah. The world definitely gonna be such a happy happier place if we are prepared for yeah. all of the things. Yeah, Absolutely,
1: and I think because my background is on studying education systems and their reform, mm-hmm. it really led to a huge inspiration for this mm-hmm. because um, we were always fighting within UNESCO to get countries to acknowledge these skills, social and emotional skills as essential, mm-hmm. rather than getting students to memorize facts and pass exams, Yeah, and which unfortunately is what the majority of education systems are, but there are wonderful exceptions out there Um, It's just that, for those of us who are adults now, um, you know, I think that former generations, they thought you study once and then that's it, but actually now we're seeing, especially, um, we were at the Web Summit last week, we're going to have to keep learning for the rest of our lives. No, definitely. And actually, everything that I'm seeing on the future of work, the future of education, the future of society, requires social and emotional skills. The idea of school was to prepare us for life, Yeah, but it didn't. How often do you use what you learn in maths in your daily work and life? Actually what we need is to learn how to be more resilient to learn empathy, to learn how to work as a team, to learn how to communicate. And these are all things that in the School of Happiness we're focusing on. So I'm really excited to make this something open and accessible for everyone.
0: Oh my God, I'm excited for you and I'm excited for every single person gonna join the School of Happiness. So um, that would be the perfect way to end our talk today. Thank you so much for joining me uh, today. Um, Where people can find you?
1: so i'm most active on instagram my handle is at bailando journey b-a-i-l-a-n-d-o journey j-o-u-r-n-e-y and if you type in my name on instagram i'll come up anyway and my website is bailandojourney.com
0: yeah all of that information you can find in the description of this podcast don't forget to Check it out. I'm sure there are a lot of values, a lot of things that you can learn uh, from her. And once again, for tuning with us today, listen uh, to this podcast, please don't forget to uh, give me a rating on Spotify or Apple so that more people can find the podcast. And also if you have any feedback questions you can send it over to me on instagram at amplifyyourconfident um, underscore podcast once again thank you so much and we're gonna see you next time Bye bye